won it in 1783, bought the Louisiana Purchase, through which much of the Union Pacific ran, in 1803, added California and Nevada and Utah, through which the Central Pacific ran, to the Union in 1848, and completed the linking of the continent in 1869, thus ensuring an empire of liberty running from sea to shining sea. How it was done is my subject. Why plays a role, of course, along with financing and the political argument. But how is the theme? The cast of characters is immense. The workforce, primarily Chinese on the Central Pacific and Irish on the Union Pacific, but with people from everywhere on both lines, at its peak approached the size of the Civil War armies, with as many as 15,000 on each line. Their leaders were the big men of the century. First of all, Abraham Lincoln, who was the driving force. Then Ulysses S. Grant and William T. Sherman. These were the men who not only held the Union together north and south, but who acted decisively at critical moments to bind the Union together east and west. One of these was president. A second was soon to be president. The third turned down the presidency. Supporting them were Grenville Dodge, a Union general who was the chief engineer of the Union Pacific and could be called America's greatest railroad builder. Jack and Dan Casement, who were also generals during the war, and then the heads of construction for the line and many engineers and foremen, all veterans, who made it happen. Dodge, and nearly everyone else involved in building the road, later commented that it could not have been done without the Civil War veterans and their experience. It was the war that taught them how to think big, how to organize grand projects, how to persevere. The financiers could move money around faster than anyone could imagine. The Union Pacific was one of the two biggest corporations of the time. The other was the Central Pacific. It took imagination, brains, guts, and hard work, plus a willingness to experiment with new methods to organize and run it properly. Many participated, mainly under the leadership of Thomas Dock Durant, Oakes Ames, Oliver Ames, and others. For the Central Pacific... The leaders were California's big four, Leland Stanford, Collis Huntington, Charles Crocker, and Mark Hopkins, plus Louis Clement and his fellow engineers, James Harvey Strobridge as head of construction, and others. Critical to both lines was the Mormon leader, Brigham Young. The others were led by the surveyors, the men who picked the route. They were later-day Lewis and Clark types, out in the wilderness, attacked by Indians, living off buffalo, deer, elk, antelope, and ducks, leading a life we can only imagine today. The surveyor who, above all the rest, earned everyone's gratitude was Theodore Judah. To start with, the Central Pacific was his idea. In his extensive explorations of the Sierra Nevada, 
he found the mountain pass. Together with his wife, Anna, he persuaded the politicians, first in California, then in Washington, that it could be done, and demanded their support. Though there were many men involved, it was Judah above all others who saw that the line could be built, but only with government aid, since only the government had the resources to pay for it. Government aid, which began with Lincoln, took many forms. Without it, the line could not have been built, quite possibly would not have been started. With it, there were tremendous struggles, of which the key elements were these questions. Could more money be made by building it fast or building it right? Was the profit in the construction or in the running of the railroad? This led to great tension. 